0: Welcome to the Debt-Free Canadian Podcast. My name is Rob and my goal is to guide Canadians in a proven process to pay off debt, be intentional with their money, and live with outrageous generosity. Are you ready to tell your money where to go rather than wonder where it all went? All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. For today's episode, I am printing, pre- presenting the first of a few question and response episodes. I'm really excited about this. From the beginning, I've always wanted questions to be part of this podcast, ever since I heard um, Michael Hyatt's podcast years ago, and he did them there. Um, uh, yeah, I really loved it, and I love hearing the details of someone's particular situation. It really helps me to have a bit more understanding on how other people think and live, and then I can put myself into that situation and really think through what I might do in that situation. But more than that, uh, I w- what I would love to do is share and figure out the why. What principles and paradigms am I using to make the decision? What biblical guidance am I using to approach this situation? Now, my goal here is not to suggest that I'm the smartest person in or that I know everything, even about money. No way. I've, I've made way too many mistakes to think that. But that's the point. I've made a lot of mistakes and I want others to learn from our mistakes so they don't have to go through the pain that we did. I want to take the things we've learned about God, the Bible, life, money, and my convictions in these areas and share them to hopefully inspire others to seek God in their particular situations. I want to help people think differently than maybe they've ever done before. And I want to help people see God in a clearer way, especially in relation to our money and our resources. So, if you'd like to have your question responded to on the podcast, go ahead and visit wepayoffdebt.ca slash voicemail to leave a voicemail that I can include in a future episode. Alternatively, you can also text the word podcast to 204-8136-133 and you'll get the link to come share your question. This is a great way for Canadian businesses to get in front of potential clients too. You're welcome to include a link to your business or your blog or your social media in the voicemail. Finally, what uh, remember that you should never do something just because I or anyone else says so. This is your life, and God has put these decisions on you to make, not on me. The Bible says that plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So may I be just one of many advisors you have in your life? So with that, let's get to the questions. Our first two questions today are from Caitlin.
1: Hi Rob, it's Kaylin here and I have a question about donations. The end of the year is approaching us quickly and I'm wondering if you could give me insight on how tax credits work on donations as I do not fully understand how they work. If you could guide me in the most effective way to donate my money, I would really appreciate it. Thanks Rob.
0: (laughs) Hey Kaylin, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your question. The government loves to make this complicated. So let me try to break it down for you as best I can, okay? So first off, who can you donate to? Uh, the number one is, of course, a registered charity in Canada. There are a few other types of organizations. And if you're if you're looking into whether you can or not, I would definitely consult a tax professional. But by and large, most of the things you're going to donate to to get that tax credit in Canada are going to be those registered charities. Uh, if you give something to something that is not a official registered charity, it will not qualify. Okay, and So you won't get this tax credit. So that's important to make sure that if you're going to be giving to something, it is, a, it is a registered charity if that's what you want to expect. Number two, how much do you give? Well, it turns out you can actually give quite a bit. In Canada, the, the regulations allow you to give up to 75% of your net income. And this is either for you or a business, your business, of your business's net income. You can give up to 75% of your net income uh, and claim that as donations to registered charities now why should you give well uh the the goal of the government is to is to encourage people to give because they're givers not because they're looking for that tax credit and so you're for instance you're never going to get more than a dollar back for giving a dollar okay so it's it's never profitable if you want to call it that to give uh it it, but the government does want to give an incentive and so uh you're you're if you're giving a dollar you're going to get somewhere around 30 to 40 cents back okay give because you're a giver and let's be good stewards of how we can get all the money back we can from the government let's let's give in smart ways but let's not give because we're getting a tax credit okay so now how does it work well first off we got to talk a little bit about the idea of a tax deduction versus a tax credit a tax something that's tax deductible you've heard that phrase before I'm sure is where um, it it counts against your income so this is how an RRSP works when you put $1000 into an RRSP the government will pretend like you made thousand dollars less money that year, and so therefore you paid that much. You should have paid that much less in income tax, and that's why you get a tax uh, refund when you do your taxes after you've been, after you've given money to RRSPs. It lowers your income, so you actually never had to pay those taxes. A tax credit, on the other hand, is uh, will lower your tax bill after taxes have been calculated. So whatever your personal tax bill is, this takes off that much off the bill. Okay, it's taxes you don't have to pay, or you can look at it as the government is paying a chunk of your taxes for you. Uh, if you own no taxes, you don't get money back from a tax credit, right? Because a tax credit only works on taxes you actually pay. So if your tax bill at the end of uh, of uh, of your income taxes, if you owe zero dollars, well, save your tax credits because you're not gonna they're not gonna be effective this year. Okay. So next is when and how to claim these things. You can actually uh, save a donation credit for up to five years in Canada, which is quite nice. So if you've got one year where you've got low low or no tax bill, you could save that for a future year. Uh, You can also uh, transfer them to a spouse. If your spouse has a high tax bill, uh, you can use donations for your spouse. Finally, let's talk about how much you actually get back. Well, it's a little bit complicated in Canada because that's what the government likes to do. Uh, On the first $200, you get a little bit back. And uh, uh, anything above that two hundred dollars, you get more back, and that's that's a yearly amount given. So in, if in a year you give a thousand dollars, on the first two hundred, they'll calculate a small, uh, they'll give a small amount of that, and then on the second, on the eight hundred they'll give uh, a higher percentage of that back. Now, those percentages, there's percentages for federal, for the for the country, and there's prov- uh, provincial uh, tax credit do- uh, percentages. Uh, and those provincial ones will vary from province to province. So, uh, for instance, in Manitoba, where I'm at, under $200, it's around 25% combined, federal and provincial. It hits about 33% at $300, it hits about 40% at $650, and then maxes out around 46%. So, Here's a rule of thumb to get an idea of how much you'll be getting back. If all of your donations, everything for an entire year, add up to under $400, guess you'll be getting around a third back. Uh, and this is when I say back again, that's a tax credit. That means uh, your tax bill will be lowered by about a third of what you gave. Uh, if you if you gave somewhere if you if you gave somewhere between $400 and a thousand, guess around 40% of that you'll get back. And uh, if you gave over thousand dollars guess around 45% of that you'll get back. And you with that, you'll be pretty close to what the actual number will be. Okay. So I hope that gives you some guidance. I know it's past the end of the year, but I hope that gives you some guidance around uh, donations. Thanks so much. Now, I know Caitlin actually has a second question. Hi,
1: Rob, it's Caitlin here. This year, my son started grade one. And let me tell you, it has been an eye-opener. Our family runs and follows a zero-based budget very closely. However, we do value our son being able to partake in anything school-wise. But this year, I feel like we are always scrambling for unexpected costs such as book fairs, skating fees, hot lunch programs, special clothing for spirit days, etc., etc. I think it never ends, and each week there's a new one. So far, we have had little notice, and we have thought about creating a sinking fund to manage these costs, but we're not sure how to allot as some expenses are in the hundreds and some are just, you know, a couple dollars here or there at the dollar store. I would really appreciate any tips as I hate scrambling to figure out where to find money on such short notice. Thanks Rob.
0: Hey Caitlin, thanks so much again for your question. So I see a couple different options you can take here. Uh, first off, especially since it's been a little while, you can use the last few months or even the last few years, depending on how much you've been tracking for and uh, how uh, many times this has happened, you can look back and really get a good idea on how much this ha- happens in a year. So for instance, you could take the last 12 months of the uh, of your budget, especially if you've been doing an every, bol- every dollar budget for that long, look through each month, find uh, where these things were spent, and just write down a record, and now you've got a 12-month average on what this will be. Divide that by 12, uh, and now you can start putting that away monthly into a sinking fund. And that would uh, at least allow you to take some of the burden off your shoulders when that actually comes. Uh, and uh, you'd have that money in the sinking fund, and then you can use, uh, if you if it's still not enough, you can cash flow the last little bit. Um, the second option I would see is uh, is a more interesting one. Is this idea of to live on substantially less than you make, Uh, as in, and you may very well be already, but the goal of lowering your budget and adding more margin to your budget will make it so that things like this, special things on a monthly basis, are actually not so big a deal. And so that's a that's a fun way to go about it because every single if you if you can do that if you can pull back your budget in. Uh, areas like just tighten up the reins on some things that you don't really care about. Maybe you got some gym memberships or some various things that you, you haven't been using or subscriptions you haven't been using. Uh, to clean that up and really pull that tight will really w- bring open your budget. And so when those things come up, they're going to feel much, much less as a uh, of a big deal when they happen. The third option I would give you is just a mixture of the two. And so if you lowered your budget a little bit and br- gave yourself some more margin, and at the same time, you look over the last 12 months and you identify, say, the, the two or three items, like what is the, uh, the 80-20 principle, if you've heard that, where 20% uh, contributes to 80% of the issues, right? So in this situation, it would be tw- what 20% of the situations your son is getting into uh, or the money he needs, what 20% of the, those situations contribute to 80% of the money that you actually have to pay for it. And if you did something like that, well, now it allows you to plan sp- specifically for those things. So if you've got, you know, a, um, a random tr- a trip that happens on a regular basis, well, now you can p- start putting away money every single month for that trip. Not just for general son's expenses, but for that trip that you know he's planning to go on and you know he's planning to take. And this way, you know that money will be there when he needs it uh, fundraisers or what have you, right? Whatever those big things were, at least that lets you do it. And then the smaller things will get covered by having that more room in your budget. So hope that gives you some value. Hope you found that useful. Thanks so much again for your question. Our next question comes from Sarah in Saskatoon.
1: Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm calling in from Saskatoon. And my question for you is I have a one-year-old son and I I'm looking at returning to work um, or sending him to daycare and just weighing the cost of daycare versus what I would bring in per month um, and trying to decide what I should be doing. Um, I don't get paid a ton so I would only be bringing in a bit more um, than daycare costs per month and I'm just trying to decide if that's what I should be doing or not. Um, And I would just be curious to know if you have any advice on making that decision.
0: Uh, Thanks so much. Hey, Sarah. Thanks so much for your question. Uh, The first thing I would say is that there is absolutely no shame either way. This is one area where I know lots of women, uh, especially, feel shame. Shame either about, uh, man, I wish I could be a stay-at-home mom. Those stay-at-home moms are so amazing. Or oh man, I wish I could be one of those uh, people who's going out and crushing it in the career world while raising a family, right? Like there's so much shame. People, people uh, look at this and uh, we, had, we had to work through this ourselves when uh, my wife was deciding as well. And we, we both decided to go to work and we do not regret it at all. So there's no shame either way. Um, second thing I wanted to say is that, of course, the responsibility to raise your child doesn't change. Uh, The only thing that changes is how it it looks, how that looks. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, an amazing passage on parenting says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the doorframes of your houses and your gates. The point is you want to be training your child and that doesn't change whether you are working during the day or doing it in the evening or the weekends or doing it 24 seven, right? there, it, it, Regardless, uh, the responsibility, it just changes how it looks. The responsibility is always still there. So what it comes down to is it's based on what you want. Uh, we both decided, like I said, to work, some very close friends of ours, uh, decided that the wife was going to stay home and be with the kids, at least until they all entered school. Both are awesome. Now, of course you have to work within the restrictions that produces on you. If that means that you're making, uh, substantially less money than you might've been otherwise, then you have to live in that, uh, that financial uh, situation that you're putting yourself in. And that's okay. You're allowed. Um, Something else to keep in mind with that, though, is if you uh, it happens quite a bit where uh, especially a mom will put in uh, uh, will get debt to go to school. And then shortly after they start work, they end up getting uh, they have a baby and decide they might want to stay home. And at that point, you're like, you put you you spent a lot of money to get this degree so that you could use it to pay that debt off. You might want to think about uh, holding off a little bit, maybe, you know, push hard and pay off the debt really fast and then stay home. But uh, in general, it really comes down to what you want to do, what you think God is calling you to do. Uh, The next thing I wanted to say was that you can pick for this season. Whatever you decide, it's not like this decision has to be for the long term. You can change anytime you want. If you make the decision for a short time, say the next six months, that can make it a lot easier to decide as well. It's things are going to change as he goes through the years. He's only one now as he enters, uh, pre preschool and kindergarten, right? That could change as he enters, uh, grade one. Certainly it'll change when he's now, uh, attending school, uh, full-time days. Uh, then the next to last thing I wanted to say was that there's apps, there's no reason you have to pick either or why not pick up something small from home. You could in fact, do some sort of both, right? To be a stay-at-home mom, uh, and part of the time, maybe you do go out and work in an evening or a weekend, if you'd like, if you'd like to do a little bit, It de- of course, depends on your job, depends on what you le- would like to do as to how much that's available. But that can really help people who want to have both want to be that stay at home parent and want to get in their careers. Um, and lastly, I would just say, don't forget to value your marriage through all this. I firmly believe the best gift you can give your kids is to love their, love their mom and dad right? Who, like love your spouse. And that can really make a big, big difference. So if one of these is looking like, you know what, if we do that, our life is going to be so hectic. It's going to be really hard to get dates in. It's, uh, or, uh, the other ones looking, if we do that, we're going to be so tight on money that we're not, we're going to be arguing all the time. Um, that can be an important variable to keep in mind to decide, is this, you know, is it better for our marriage that I actually stay home or is it better for our marriage that I actually go to work right you can think through that as well so I hope that gives you some value ultimately it is completely up to you and I think you can glorify God absolutely either way so thanks so much for your question really appreciate it All right, well, that's about it for this episode of the Debt-Free Canadian Podcast. I hope that brought you some massive value today. Again, if you've got questions about taxes, donations, if you've got issues around uh, unexpected expenses with your kids or or parenting, daycare costs, like anything at all, please go ahead and visit wepayoffdebt.ca slash voicemail or text the word podcast to my community platform text number at 204-8136-133 and you'll be able to leave a voicemail with your question. You can also leave me a voicemail with your feedback about the show. I would love to hear it. Always want to improve it and really want to make this valuable for you listening. Uh, and of course, if you prefer, you can always send me an email with feedback at rob at ca. I'd also be very grateful. Please go ahead and rate my podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. This helps tremendously with keeping my podcast visible so that the people who have never heard of it can discover it. But until next time, remember, the best time to start may have been 10 years ago, but the second best time to start is today. You got this.